we're going to start a new uh, theme of study tonight, and uh, uh, I, I, I personally believe, I think this is true in natural life, and it's also true in the spirit world, you need to keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Amen. Uh, you need to you need to know your adversary, and the more we know our adversary, the better the better we are in combating against him. And there is a growing segment in the Christian mainline denominations who they, although they believe in God, every year there's, there's fewer and fewer who acknowledge, give acknowledgement to an evil force, a Satan, a devil, uh, who rules the, the underworld and the darkness of this world. And uh, although I, I don't believe that we should be one to give the devil any kind of uplifting or recognition of any kind, I feel like as a pastor, when the Apostle Paul left Ephesus, he said, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. And I feel like every pastor's obligation is to teach the totality of the Word of God. Uh, you need to have full knowledge. And, and also let me, uh, let me say this. <coughs> there are some, they even, although they believe uh, in an evil spirit, a force of darkness, there are some who don't believe that he is a fallen being. Uh, and they, uh, uh, they, they take another, another uh, direction there. Well, I want to let you know two things in the beginning of this tonight. First of all, I, I definitely believe that there is an evil force in this universe and uh, and we're going to during our course of studies we're going to be uh, talking um, a lot of, of a lot of names that he carries. And I do believe, and I believe that the scripture bears it out. I believe that he is a fallen being. Uh, and I have titled this series "Satan: The Nature of Heaven's Fallen Soul." The nature of heaven's fallen soul. I think we all can, uh, even though we don't know for sure. I mean, uh, as a songwriter says, several years ago it became a very popular song. I can only imagine. Uh, you know, we might say what we're going to do when we get there, but really, you know, uh, really we don't have a clue. <laughs> Uh, uh, we can only imagine, we can uh, think about it, but as you imagine what it's going to be like to be 
a part of God's kingdom, stop and think how it must be if you was a part of it at one time, but not of it anymore. Uh, it kind of shows a little, quite a bit, really, <coughs> of the animosity Satan has, number one, for you. Because every one of us here who are children of God, when you worship God in any kind of way, whether it's on the platform or where you're at, or at your home or on your job, every how, every how you use uh, uh, you use to worship God, no one realizes one thing: you are taking the devil's place. You're taking his place, and this is one reason why he despises you so much. And I'm going to begin tonight with two verses of Scripture, and this is part one, and, we're, and I don't know if I'll finish, be able to finish this this evening or not, but I have entitled part one, Who He Is, because that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, who He is. Uh, the nature of heaven's fallen souls. And um, hopefully we will get some insight and that we can better overcome in the future uh, when we are fought by our adversary. And the Bible calls him your adversary. He is your adversary. He is against you. There have been some times... Uh, I've made some mistakes. There's been some times that I thought somebody was against me, but I found out later they weren't against me at all. It was just my own thoughts. But I guarantee you the devil is against you. He's your adversary. And he will do anything he can to take you down and take you out. He will use every means of his disposal because he despises you to the utmost. But he can't get to me because of one thing. Because of my goodness? No. Because of my ingenuity? Because I'm so well versed in this? No. There's one thing he can't do, folks. He can't cross the bloodline. Hallelujah. The blood of Christ is not only good just simply for my salvation, to, but it's a protection. It's a protection. The devil cannot cross the bloodline. So it's so important that we are covered by his blood. To give us a springboard here to go off to, uh, to on tonight, talking about the nature of heaven's fallen soul, 
I want to read first from the book of Luke, chapter 10, and verse 18. And this is the words of Jesus. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. <coughs> I was talking with a man that was teaching one night many years ago, and he said that Satan's fall would be in the future. I said, uh, would you please expound to me Luke chapter 10, verse 18? Because Jesus had sent his disciples out to heal the sick, cast out devils, and do all those things. And the Bible said they came back rejoicing, and they were happy because the evil spirits was subject to them. So in other words, they came back bragging to the Lord, man, what, look here what we have done. The demons, the demons fleeing from our command. And let me just put it to you uh, in, uh, in, in, in Fonzie language. Uh, uh, so what, dude? I saw the devil fall from heaven. Like lightning. Notice that. He's talking in the past. He's talking in the past. He said, that, you know, that, he said, you don't need to rejoice over that. He said, because I was there. That lets me know that Jesus existed before Bethlehem. He was around long before Bethlehem. Hallelujah. He said, I beheld, I saw, ages past, Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Jesus was there when it happened. Isaiah 14 and 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? <clears throat> so we are studying from the premise that Satan is a fallen uh, being. And that is where we will be coming from tonight. Now, I am going to be giving you some things concerning who he is. And you can write down these two scriptures. Uh, one, there, Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. You can just jot that down. And also jot down Ezekiel chapter 28. Verses 1 through 17. Now, in those two scripture references, in one place, he is mentioning two uh, earthly kings. The king or the prince of, of Babylon uh, and uh, 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 one other. And those who say that 
the devil is not a fallen being. They said that that's just referring to those two earthly kings. But when you read and study extensively Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14, you're going to realize that there's some things that were said that could no wise reference to an earthly, just an earthly king be an impossibility. <coughs> when in fact, God was using two earthly kings to uh, point out some things about the devil, his fall, and all those different things. One thing uh, you'll find in these scripture references that will let you know that he was talking more than just two earthly kings at that time because in one place he said you were in Eden. The king of Babylon never was in Eden. Eden. Uh, <laughs> Adam and Eve, God, and the serpent was the only ones in Eden. And that's just one example. But from those scriptures, we're going to talk about who he is. I'm going to, I want you to, uh, and you can write these down if you'd like. Uh, the first thing, Satan is a real personality. He's a real personality. Many times in scriptures, the writers relate to the devil, to Satan. I mean, take just for one example, in the book of Job, uh, when Job uh, was going through his thing. There come a day when the sons of God presented himself before God. Son of God's here giving reference to angels, angelic beings. Uh, and Satan was among them. Satan is a real personality. Number two, he is a spirit being. <coughs> the devil is a spirit being. I'm not going to spend a length of time on any one of these. Because those scriptures I told you to write down, if you were take some time to read those through, you will find these things that I'm talking about. Number three, Satan is a created being. Now that right there, among everything else, makes him limited. He's a created being. He's not like God when you talk about God being self-existent. God is the self-existent one. Uh, there's no other reason for God but God. Just because Satan is a created being, that puts him in subjection to something. Hallelujah. 
Don't believe all the devil's lies he tells you. He is uh, a subject to something, someone. And this is jumping way ahead. Uh, if you're a child of God, blood-bought, he's subject to you. You're not, you're not subject to him. The only power the devil has over you is what you allow him to have. Hallelujah. You don't have to let him defeat you. I, I'm going to get off into something here, and that's way ahead of myself, so i gotta, I got to hush. He was known, number four, as Lucifer. And... I got it written down here. Uh, Lucifer means day star, son of the morning, light bearer. These are all Hebrew uh, definitions of Lucifer. He was also an anointed cherub, an anointed cherub in the heavenly sanctuary. Think about that. Number six, the scripture says he was in Eden, the garden of God. That's in Ezekiel 28 and 13. Number seven, you'll find in these references were he was perfect in the day of his creation. He was perfect in the day of his creation. Number eight says he was full of wisdom. Number nine, the scripture says he was perfect in beauty. Number 10, he was, uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Number five, he was an anointed cherub, C-H-E-R-U-B. Number six, he was in Eden. Tell me when I can go on. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Number seven, he was perfect in the day of his creation. And then number eight, I said... He's full of wisdom. Number nine, what did I say for number nine? Perfect in beauty. I mean, he'd look in the mirror and say, wow, you're all that in a bag of chips. 
I don't, don't know for sure what that is me. I just know what that's what my kids on the bus say. I mean, <sighs> number ten. He was decked with all precious stones and jewels. Like I said, many of these things, when you look them all down, there's no way it can it can just have have mere reference. The Bible, the Bible, many places in the Bible has a uh, what you call a a dual understanding of some scriptures. There is a meaning behind what's what's there, and God uses one thing to talk about something else, and that and that's many places in the, in the scripture. And then number eleven, he was created with music in his being. He was created with music in his being. Now, we understand and we've read that uh, the Bible talks about when he fell, he took a third of the stars with him. And I have always understood this this way the Bible lets us know that there are millions upon millions of angels that God created long before he created Adam and Eve and he created them and but out of those millions and millions we only have named, some people say, some theologians say that there are others. I will not say here nor they on that because the scripture is silent. But the Bible names three archangels. Gabriel is named as an archangel. Gabriel is in, is in charge of the messenger angels, those used that God uses and dispatches to send messages, answers prayer, and all of those things. It was Gabriel who if you'll recall, appeared before Mary, Zechariah, messenger angels. There's another archangel listed. Anybody know what his name was? Michael. He was the archangel over the, the, uh, the warriors, those in charge of doing battle. And Lucifer was an archangel. He was in, just simply put it in simple terms, he was over the angels that brought worship 
to God in the heavenlies in ages past. And that's what I meant a while ago when I said you take his place anytime you worship God. The music put within him was put within him to help magnify and glorify God. And he was in charge of that in ages past. And everything that Satan had that was given to him, he didn't really lose, but he took it and perverted it and twisted it for his evil purposes. Just like people today who God gives talents and gifts and maybe for a while they use them for the glorification of God, but then they begin to use them for other things. And that's what Satan did. There is one more point that I'm going to bring out tonight. And then I'll open up if anybody would like to add anything about what we talked about tonight or questions. I'm going to take my time in this. I ain't going to, to rush it. <coughs> but there were, <coughs> I see there, there were three levels of Satan's fall. Three levels of Satan's fall. That's just the same way as people who backslide. I do not believe somebody can be in here tonight totally in the presence of God, worshiping and giving Him praise and walking in the Spirit, and then they go home, go to bed, and wake up tomorrow, backslid. It don't happen like that. It don't happen that quick. When somebody backslides, it's a process. It happens gradually. People get colder and colder. Further and further. It don't just happen like that. If what they have in the beginning was genuine and real. Now there's a lot of people it's, it, it's, uh, it's like Judas. Some people think that Judas turned bad. I don't believe Judas turned bad. Judas said, did, not I, know, did I not choose 12 of you and one of you is what? Uh and there's another scripture in, in John's writing talking about some people who had went away from them and went back. And this is what the Apostle John said. He said, uh, listen, and this is paraphrasing. He said, he said, they never was truly of us because if they was truly of us, they would still be with us. 
you get down to lava. <laughs> I can no flip a lot of uh, uh, cans of worms right there, but I'm going to move on. Three levels of the fall of uh, Lucifer. Number one, he was lifted up in pride. You will find that in those scriptures that I gave you. It said he was lifted up in pride. <coughs> There's a scripture in the Bible that says, Pride goeth before. We cannot allow ourselves to be prideful. Number two, he exalted himself. After he was lifted up in pride, he began to exalt himself. I'm sorry, folks, but I have very little time for somebody going around tooting their own horn. I've ran, I know people who's all-time, man, they are so braggadocious. I've, I, I've done this. I've done, you know, do this. I, I run across a few talking about how anointed they are. I've, let me tell you something. If somebody is really anointed by God, you don't have to tell nobody. You don't have to tell nobody. If you've got an anointing on your life, it's going to manifest itself. Scripture in the Bible said that a man's guilt will make room for him. Sister Donna and I was having a discussion not long ago, and I said, you know what? When God called me, I stepped out. I wasn't, I wasn't part of no organization or nothing like that at that time. And from the very first, when I, when I surrendered to the call of God, all these years, I've never had to look for a, pray, a place to preach. And not one time have I ever called a pastor and asked him to let me come preach. Not one time. The Bible says a person, a man's gift will make room for him. Whether it be preaching or whatever it may be, if God has given you a gift and there's some He's placed in your life, Amen. You don't have to go sound an alarm ahead of you, lifting your own self up. It's going to be manifested. God will open the doors. We got to be careful, or we'll follow the same thing that happened to the devil. He was lifted up in pride. He exalted himself. And then the third and final straw, he exercised self-will. He exercised self-will. Be careful with that, folks. There's still a lot of folks that even though they've been in the church a long time, they, uh, they, uh, they still got a streak of stubbornness in them. It's my will. It's my way. Nobody going to tell me what to do. Well, that was the final straw when God finally, that, that's it, buddy. He said, I'm going to descend into heaven, self-will. 
I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, self-exaltation. I will set up on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, self-enthronement. I've never been able to do stuff like that. Jesus gave a parable one time. He said, if you go somewhere invited to a gathering, don't walk in and take the best seat in the house. He said, unless somebody happens to come in that's a little more worthy than what you are and the owner of the house brings him there and asks you to get up so this can, can have a seat, he said, then you're going to be embarrassed. I, I gave that parable paraphrase, but that's what Jesus was talking about. Uh, let God be the one to lift us up. Amen. Let God be the one to lift us up. Uh, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, he said, self-ascension. Then he said, I will be like the Most High, self-deification. He fell through pride and self-will, the very essence of sin. Amen. And as I read at the beginning, when he fell, he fell as lightning. He said he was cast down by God in his self-deification. He was the original sinner. He was the original sinner. I'm going to stop right there. Anybody got any comments or questions about what we've covered here tonight?